0: I say, should I start? And you say, wait. And I hit record. Because that's don't. how well I follow directions. Oh, you're great at this. I'm really good at this. <laughs> I would welcome either of you to take over the production end. I really would. <laughs> I know you would. i just like, ah. no. <laughs> <laughs> sigh for because she had to warn me about this episode on the way here no is this one of those where we should have (laughs) skipped three states and not recorded this week no okay here's here's the deal half of the episode is going to be very heavy and we're going to need to be respectful and probably just like listen through that one and then the second half will be a good time and we can laugh and commentate because it's just going to be that vibe so i did end with the the happier note but um I want to give a little bit of a caveat before, maybe not caveat not the right word, but before I cover the first story, um, I think it's safe to say for all of us when we're researching that we run across a lot of Native and Indigenous stories, uh, so a ton of urban legends that I found at least are either specifically unique to Indigenous culture or have drawn inspiration from their stories. Uh, I wrestle with myself sometimes about whether or not to cover these stories because, on one hand, I never want to misrepresent or inadvertently disrespect someone else's culture or traditions. Um, Specifically, I feel some type of way about potentially whitewashing a story from a deeply rich culture that has already suffered from and lost so much to the acts of colonization. On the other hand, it feels just as disrespectful to omit the top legends in whichever state I'm researching because I also don't want to ignore the native culture of a place that I have taken it upon myself to tell the stories of. So I wanna share this up front to say that if I accidentally do cheapen any part of this first story, it's because my research comes from the internet and absolutely not from any sort of personal experience. I apologize and welcome any constructive feedback. The first story that I'm gonna tell you about today is also a very dark subject. Um, So that added to another level of hesitation specifically about this one. And I do need to give a trigger warning because um, like with several of the urban legends that we've covered, there is true tragedy interwoven with the story. So I want to give a trigger warning at this point in case you want to turn it off, maybe skip ahead to the end, or to the second part of the story, or the second part of the episode. This first story is going to involve suicide, suicidal ideation, and specifically high rates of suicide among indigenous populations and among the youth. Okay, so all of that to say. The first story that I'm going to tell you about is um, Walking Sam. So, the Pine Ridge Reservation, which is also known as the Pine Ridge Agency, is home to the Ogallala Lakota peoples of the Great Sioux Nation. It is located in the southwest corner of South Dakota and is the second largest native reservation in the United States. Several historical events and massacres took place in these lands, including the terrible massacre at Wounded Knee. So, in case anybody doesn't really know the story of Wounded Knee, a very short version of um, is that the US government massacred, massacred somewhere between 200 and 300 Lakota Sioux. They were innocent people, half, over half of which are reported to have been women and children. So obviously, without even the story specifically, there's a lot of dark history in, this, in mm-hmm. these lands. Um, so it's not really any wonder as to why a terrible dark legend would also have come from here. Pine Ridge, with its dark history and rich culture, is also home to the legend called Walking Sam. Tragically, Pine Ridge has an incredibly high rate of suicide, specifically among their youth, and the legend has it that walking Sam is to blame. Sam is something akin to the tall man or slender man that you may have seen in in popular culture. He is said to be an evil ancient entity that is over seven feet tall and shadowy, with no mouth and gangly limbs that stalks the land of, of Pine Ridge. He is also said to have the bodies of his victims hanging from his gangly arms. Walking Sam feeds on the living, infecting their minds and altering their thoughts. So, alone as an urban legend, this is terrifying. This sounds absolutely horrifying. Yeah, it's, it's very scary. Um, the legend says that Walking Sam does his evil bidding while walking, while walking the streets at night by collecting the souls of those who have completed suicide so that he doesn't have to walk the earth alone. He convinces young people who are already lost and depressed that they aren't worthy of life. His focus seems to be on adolescents who are hormonal and confused. And so I read that a group of five teenagers completed suicide in 2013. And between just December 2014 and May 2015, there were 103 suicide attempts within Pine Ridge. So that's a very short amount of time. Wow. Ages range from 12 to 24 years old with nine of these young people sadly completing suicide. There have also been other attempts at mass suicides that have been mostly thankfully discovered and stopped in time by uh, elders. So this legend is extremely heavy and somber, and it's never easy to discuss these types of topics, and it's not the first time that I've researched and talked about a legend that is, like I said, unfortunately entangled with true tragedy. So again, I almost didn't cover the story for a handful of reasons, but here's why I felt that it was important to include, because even though the actual urban legend is not long, there are some really significant things to consider here that I thought deserved our attention. So Walking Sam may be blamed for the high rates of youth suicide at Pine Ridge, but there are some very concrete factors that are likely contributing to these statistics as well. According to the website friendsofpineridgereservation.org, which we can link in our show notes, I think, Mm -hmm. 97% 97% of the population here is living below the national poverty line, making it the poorest county in the United States. Wow, seriously? Yep. There's no infrastructure. 60% of homes are in need of demolition due, due to, like, in, infestation and various other issues. 33% of homes have no electricity, basic water or sewage. Oh, sorry, they have no electricity or basic water or sewage, and there's extreme weather there. Teenage suicide rate is 150% higher than the U.S. average, and infant mortality rate is 300% higher than the U.S. national average. So families are often, far too often, forced to drink contaminated water and sleep on dirt floors. So there's a lot more that you can research for yourselves if you choose to do so that goes on here, but I included this to say, (laughs) I actually told Terrence I went back and forth with it because I was like, this is so sad, it's so heavy. And that's not really what our podcast normally is about, but it was one of the highest, and the story was very short. But the website that I mentioned, the Friends of Pine Ridge website, also has, fortunately, links to donation drives and organized ways for people who who are able to help. So I wanted to encourage it, even if just to put that out there and say, if if you have the ability... Do some research for yourself. I mean, feel free to thoroughly research these statistics and these issues for yourself and give back to these communities if you're in a position to do so. So that was short and not sweet. That was very heavy, and I appreciate you I'm hanging you with me through that. I'm you that story. I do have a couple of questions because mm-hmm. um, I'm trying really hard to listen, but I may have missed some of this. Was there any, did you share the origin of this story or just that it is a tale that's continually told through yeah, the I tribe? didn't, I didn't find an origin, that's why I said the actual legend part, there was very little information on, on it's just that that is what is um, blamed and I think, I mean maybe if you were to go there and ask someone firsthand, they right. may be able to tell you more but as far as like what was out there on the internet, there wasn't a lot of information about Walking Sam, just what he causes and what he looks like and so the very short, there's a small amount of information that I shared. It doesn't really say like like other than the his purpose is to not walk the earth alone so that's not why he does what he does mm-hmm. and this was a reservation mm-hmm. they live on a reservation pine ridge yes pine ridge reservation pine ridge reservation was did you mention what the population was i just i couldn't get past the number of attempted suicides and mm-hmm. like like so i mean you shared the statistic about how it's so much higher than the national average mm-hmm. but was such a high number I was curious what the population of the reservation was if you knew I don't know specifically I think it was on the the same website there was a lot of really good information there and I found there were several different websites that I looked at to try to truly look at because this is you don't look at this subject and see that there's these high rates of youth suicide without wondering more about okay with yes it it may be blamed on this urban legend but what is you know Right, contributing to happening? something here. Yes, exactly. So I did look at a lot of different information. I don't remember what exactly the population was, but I do think it was on that website. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty large, and there, are, I do believe that there were a lot of people there. Okay, but I don't know numbers wise. I'm not really good at. That. No, I'm I'm not good at ratios N- and things like that. Exactly, either. I wouldn't really know like to compare without the percentage. you know, yeah. The, so. <laughs> You can uh, put your smiles back on. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the Orpheum Theater. <laughs> put your smiles thought, back on. I thought you would like the theater. The theater. It's a lot the more theater. lighthearted than the I always the first. like a good theater story. Right, mm-hmm. I figured you would appreciate it. So the Orpheum Theater in Sioux Falls was built in 1913. It's described as a beautiful historic theater. The Orpheum was originally built to seat up to 1,000 people, and in the early days it was mainly used to house vaudeville shows. The first performance held here was on October 2nd, 1913, and cost $5 a seat to attend, which was pretty pricey for the time. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, considering it used to cost a nickel to although yeah go nah. see a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Although I'm like, I would really like to go to a show, like a theater show for $5. Oh, <laughs> no joke. I didn't buy Wicked tickets because I was like, I can't afford that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So expensive. I love theater, though. So do I. Um, so since then it has hosted countless concerts and theater productions and was completely renovated in two thousand nine. Almost everything about the original theater was ripped out and updated or restored, but one thing remained apparent apparently undisturbed. Can you guess what it was? The ghost? Larry, the Orphans' resident ghost. Yes. Seems to be sticking around I Renovations love it is and Larry. I know. It's <laughs> such like a Larry. Like, average just, vanilla name. You just you know Larry. You know that guy Larry. All right, so Larry has been around the Orpheum since at least 1959. The first time he was spotted was by an actor who was rehearsing in the theater and looked up to the balcony to see a bright blue light in the middle of which appeared... In the middle of the light appeared to be a man who was waving his arms and looking quite distraught. The actor was apparently hit with a strange blast of icy air that came over the stage and he didn't stick around to witness any more than that what no, happened. Would you? Fair. No. You know Fair. what I keep picturing? You know those things on the side of the road that blow up with air? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought of that too, it was like just flailing around. <laughs> so the next morning, the staff came in to discover that all of the newly wired fusing in the building had been blown out. So it's thought that Larry got angry that the actor had left so suddenly without even trying to communicate That's with him. That's so like, rude! rude. It's bad manners, right? It really is. It's like, I'm over here trying to haunt you, please. <laughs> So since the original sighting, there have been many claims of people either seeing or hearing Larry in the theater. The cleaning crew will often report strange, unexplained footsteps long after the theater has been closed and patrons have gone. People working in the box office has fre- have frequently reported weird pockets of cold air and the feeling that someone is watching them. That is just always like... I feel like I'm interested content. in Larry. Classic content. Go see, Go see Larry. Go see Larry. No. Yeah. Uh, there have also been claims of seeing the blue light from others since the original sighting, especially in the balcony area. When the crew of the YouTube series The Paranormal Files toured the theater, they went up to this area and experience, apparently experienced a weird hot mugginess. Sounds like my morning duty for the last two weeks. <laughs> As this episode airs in, like, January. Like, it's so hot. Yeah, well, back in September it was hot. <laughs> there was a light that should not have been turned on oh sorry yeah there was a light that shouldn't have been turned on when the crew asked about the light they were told no one is ever up here it's not all that often that you have power when you should have no what did I write here it's not all that often that you have power when you should have no power (laughs) (laughs) All right. so in other words somebody (laughs) randomly turned on a light I don't know why why I'm it like that Tammy it's been a long week it has no it's fine this is very true (laughs) Uh, the light finally went dim and as they stood around the room talking a metal pole that was leaning against the wall flung across the room in a way mm. that would have been impossible to have just fallen god that is me as a ghost and no one had moved <laughs> Yeah, just flinging poles just at people just irritated throwing okay. things Larry yeah. seemed cool now he's throwing poles at people no I'm still team Larry Larry's annoyed that the the original guy just decided to decided take off he's trying real hard. hard Yeah, he's that's like, oh, true so are y'all gonna act like him or are you gonna talk to me this time that's right Larry's got his attitude Larry does have a too. Maybe that's Tammy as a ghost, actually. Tammy, definitely Tammy as a ghost. Oh, I'm trying to be like Goody Cole. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. she's goals, though. Yeah, seriously. In 1970, a member of the cleaning crew reported hearing a noise behind him while he was sweeping the stage one night after a performance. Then the man turned around to see what the noise was, and he found a photo lying on the stage, right in the area that he had just finished sweeping. So there shouldn't have been anything there, and I I would be seriously annoyed if somebody just dropped a photo right where I had just swept. You and Terry. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The photo was apparently a picture of a man in his mid-30s. So this freaked the crew member out, so he set the picture down and went to get someone else, and when they returned to the stage where he had set it down on a light board, the photo was gone. Naturally. Of course. Many people believe that the man in the picture is Larry. The photo was a type of photograph, though, called a tin-type photo that was used in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hadn't heard of this. It seems I that you either. have. but I have, yeah. Apparently, this type of um, photography was replaced in the early 1900s. So there's questions as to why, if the man in the photo from the 1800s was Larry, why would he wait until 1959 to reveal himself to anyone? Why, why not? Right. You can do what you want. Sure. It's true. So the question is, was Larry there all this time and just didn't show himself, or is there some other explanation? And also, if Larry did wait to show up until 1959 after being there all that time, why was that when he decided to show up? I'm tired of being ignored. He's like, i got to do something else to get oh. your attention. Well, apparently it didn't work there in uh, 1959. <laughs> so, who is Larry? There are multiple theories, because, of course, there are. Some say <laughs> it's never a clear-cut answer. Some say that Larry was a construction worker who died while building the theater. Uh Some say that he was an actor who completed suicide when he did not get the part that he was after or when he was rejected by a lover. Some say that he was a stagehand that died in a tragic accident. A sandbag that was being used to help with the set pieces and backdrops apparently came down and landed on the man's head, killing him on the spot. Oh, very unfortunate way to go. Uh, One more detailed story, though, tells. This is my favorite, because I always like the one that has the most details, it seems Definitely. like. Definitely. The best. One more detailed story tells that Larry was once the theater manager, who either just danced with, or was having a full-blown affair with a woman, depending on who you ask. Uh, the woman whose husband was away at war. Two very different things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they really are, aren't they? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> uh, fair. Apparently, the manager lived in an apartment above one of the storefronts in the front of the theater. When the husband returned, it is said that he went either to the apartment or to the theater and caught them in the act. know. Oh, of Oops. dancing. Act of dancing <laughs> depends on who you ask. <laughs> a fight broke out and spilled into the balcony, where the man killed Larry and his. And now his apparition remains mm. to this day. So, hence the light being there with the distraught Larry standing in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, so. I like that. I like that. <laughs> he, he had a come. Did he? That feels Wait. extreme. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm no I'm no one to judge Larry. That lines up with the song, to be fair. It does. It does. <laughs> but this is not Chicago. Okay. Weirdly okay. there's <laughs> wrong state, Amanda. <laughs> Weirdly there are no records that have been found to corroborate any of these deaths in the theater. But I'm willing to believe that if Larry died in the late 1800s, there just might not be a good record of it or something could have just gotten lost to time, so who knows? True. Apparently, sometimes Larry whistles "Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star," and if you hear him uh-huh. whistling this on open night of the performance of a performance, it's considered a good luck charm. Okay. Thanks, but no thanks. Theaters do love their traditions That's for true. like yeah. successful show runs. Sure. Yeah, we did a whole th- you did a whole theater superstition yeah. before we even started with Urban Legends. That's true. So Larry may not be alone in the theater, oh, though. Oh, Larry's got a friend. Uh, not oh. as much a friend. Oh, Larry has There's an, an adversary. A well, I don't know that it's necessarily anybody that interacts with Larry, but he's not the only force in the theater. Gotcha. Tammy's like, can y'all stop guessing and let me come (laughs) (laughs) on? Wrong, wrong, wrong. You're still wrong. Uh, so, many people have reported being bothered or experiencing something in the basement that contains... So, the basement contains the dressing rooms and a green room. Okay, okay. Um... And there's apparently a wall in that space that's covered by thousands of signatures from past performers. So that's cool. Earlier, I mentioned the YouTube series, The Paranormal Files. The mm-hmm. uh, the host of that show is his name is Colin Browin. Browin, I don't know. Uh, he said in his episode where he covered the Orpheum that this wall had a lot of energy, and apparently a lot of psych- uh, an apparently a local psychic medium called Donna O'Day vowed to never return to the space after the experience that she had there. Really. So people have reported physical contact, sometimes pushes, sometimes less a push and more of just like a touch on various parts of the upper body, like your shoulders, your back, or your head. Either way, please don't touch me. Um. <laughs> Whoever occupies the basement is not believed to be Larry. It is said that this entity is something darker. Okay. Larry doesn't seem to have been experienced as a negative or frightening energy. He's just kind of there. It's just kind there. of like a, did I really just see that? Like... He shocks people, messing but, with people. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's, been he's turning off lights an and moving poles around, or yeah. dropping photos where you swap. He's not a bad guy. No, he's just kind of hanging around. Um, he, so he seems to be pretty light and harmless. The basement, though, seems to be residence to a more sinister spirit. Uh, this is where most people's fright comes from when they visit the Orpheum and have a supernatural experience. I'm all about going to visit Larry, but I'm not sure about yeah, the darker. Just maybe don't go down to the yeah, basement. not go to the basement. So that's pretty much the Orpheum there but oddly enough Sioux Falls is not the only place with a haunted Orpheum theater oh really there, there are Orpheum theaters all over the place which I didn't realize that no. first of all I've never heard of that um, it's a, apparently it's a popular theater name because it's a tribute to the Greek mythological poet and, mu- and musician Orpheus. Orpheus yeah so Orpheus was known for his musical skills that could charm animals, plants and even rocks his music even charmed Hades into giving his wife back when she died and went to the underworld um yeah but that story didn't end well <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, rem- honestly, I don't even remember. Oh, it's a good one, but I'm not going to, I mean, go I toward, to yeah. it to Oh, that's pretty much it. I just, I was like, why, why is this such a popular name for theaters? Because they were like, you know how you start something and you're like, okay, top urgent, urban legends. And then this one pops up. So yep. then you go to do a specific search on that. But then Orpheum theaters all over the place were yeah, popping up. And I was like. That is interesting. Okay, no, not that. I, start, I actually started researching the wrong one at first. And I was like, wait, I'm not researching Phoenix. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. But you said another Orpheum Theater is haunted. Okay, so yeah, among the ones that are that that I, I saw in reference to being haunted were Phoenix, Memphis, Kansas, Madison, Vancouver, Wichita, Boston, Galesburg, and Michigan. Wow, I'm not even sure if that was it, but I was like three pages into Haunted Orpheum's and I was like, all right, that's enough to list. Um, but what I was surprised by is that New Orleans has an Orpheum theater, and I never found anything implying that it yep, that particular haunted. location was haunted. Which I know. Yeah, you always everything think everything in New Orleans yeah. is haunted. Yeah, it probably just doesn't stand out enough. Yeah, right. It's not haunted enough. Yeah, so apparently Orpheum is not only a popular name for a theater, but it is also an apparition magnet. All right. Apparition, apparition magnet. magnet. Thanks for listening to Salt, Salt Over, over your, your Shoulder, a Redwater production. We appreciate your support. Your download allowed our crazy idea to gain steam and make it into your podcast directories. We couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to continue your support, you can engage with us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at SaltThePod, or follow us on Facebook at SaltOverYourShoulder. You can also email us at saltoveryourshoulder at gmail.com. Special thanks to the one and only Andrew York for our awesome graphic. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our patrons at patreon.com the saltthepod. See you next time.